All right, Illinois lost to Rutgers, but they stayed in the top 25. No thanks to Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer and AP top 25 voter, almost dropped Brad Underwood's team off his ballot. I mean, almost being the the important word to notice there. Yeah, Illinois wound up at number 18. I had them at number 20, uh, so I'm not sure what the issue is. All right, Richie will explain his ballot. He'll uh, talk about the chances of a comeback against Penn State and Indiana, and he'll uh, weigh in on Brett Bielema as well in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome back to Inside Illini Basketball. What was that? It was a whistle. Another whistle, Scott Ritchie. Get used to it. No one whistling at you. That was a referee's whistle, my attempt at a referee's whistle. That didn't sound like her. No. But there were a lot of them. I heard whistles all Sunday. Yeah, and... I mean, I don't want to just go off on a diatribe right away, but I'm I going I'd, to. Cause I thought the, I'd egg you on. The people on the Twitters are really just out there. Like, Illinois, I mean, lost that game in a lot of the fans' minds. Because the, the officials, the Rutgers game, because the officials are against them. And how could they call such a one-sided game? Well, Illinois fouls a lot. In the last three games, they had, i trying to think, 25 27 and 26 fouls that was three different officiating crews nine different total officials and the common denominator is an Illinois team that just fouls a ton you know Andre Corbello fouled out and he had two fouls where he literally just grabbed Paul McKay's arm on a rebound and yanked him away from the basket that's a foul his his fifth foul and he just ran into somebody I used to do that a lot no one ever called it gotta be smarter with it with the grab. Yeah, I mean, by all means, pull and tug and whatever. Just You have to do it subtly and don't get caught. Just mm-hmm. don't, like, if you grab a guy's arm and just yank him away from the basket, that's a foul. Exactly. Now, does Kofi Coburn get fouled basically every play? Yes, and Brad Underwood continues to be upset in the way you know his 7-foot, 285-pound center is officiated. Reasonable. But Illinois fouls a lot. Brad Underwood has said as much over the last three games where they're averaging 26 fouls a game. 
you can't foul that many times, send teams to the free throw line that many times, and expect to win in, against either high major opponents like Missouri or against Big Ten opponents, also high major, of course. So, it's, like, chill out, people on Twitter. Like, is every game officiated perfectly? No. Can you blame the officials for Illinois' loss on Sunday to Rutgers? No. That's Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer. I'm Jim Rosso, vice president of news here at the News Gazette, former beat writer back in the day. There's a, a game that still rubs Illinois fans wrong. Back when I was on the beat, the Arizona loss in the Elite Eight game where yeah. they had 77 fouls called on them. I'm not sure it was quite Something that many. Like that. But the, the number's grown in every retailer. All right. The well, story. there was uh, plenty of moaning and groaning after Sunday's loss. Some The post-game show here on uh, DWS, Trent Meacham was very clear-headed with his analysis, but I heard some others saying it was the ref's fault. Yeah, well, here's why Illinois lost. Uh, it was part Ron Harper just, you know, finding you know his his rhythm offensively and for most of the first half Demonte Williams held him to I think it was what six points on two of eight shooting I mean mm-hmm. but there was and Brad Underwood pointed out I wrote about it for Good Morning Illinois Nation this morning every day six a.m. at com. Harper got you know a three an open three at you know like two minutes left in the first half Coleman Hawkins you know you know, missed, lost him in a rotation, and he got some rhythm, and he ended up with 28 points. And then Rutgers also just outworked Illinois in the second half. Well, I'm here to apologize to Scott Ritchie. Let's start another love fest. I'm glad this is being All recorded right. for posterity. Because for months, for years really, Scott has been touting Rutgers and its coach as an up-and-coming Big Ten power, and I've, I've laughed at you often on this podcast in Re- front of your mom. Repeatedly. Right, and your friends saying, what in the world are you talking about, Richie? It's Rutgers. All right, the, uh, where's Phil Sellers? <laughs> All right, that's my old school reference. Yeah, the, no, literally Final no four Rutgers of 76. Yeah. Lost to Michigan. Lost to Indiana. Last undefeated team in college basketball. Right? Do we have to worry about that this year? An undefeated team in college basketball. Yeah. Um, a weird year. It's not. They might not have to play so many games. Well, they'll. I mean, it's four fewer games if you hit your max in the regular season. Uh, I mean, I guess Gonzaga's got the best shot because they made it through most of their non-conference slate. The West Coast Conference is going right. to challenge them. I am curious to see if they'll get the Baylor game rescheduled. Is Tom Abernathy nervous. Scott May. Kent Benson. Are they going to pop the champagne like the Miami Dolphins do Quinn every Buckner. year when the last Bobby uh, Wilkerson? Just name Indiana players. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe like all right. This the Gonzaga team's really good, and if any if any team was going to do it in any year, it'd be that Gonzaga team in this year because it's just goofy. Anyway, back to lavishing you with praise. Rutgers is pretty good. Yeah, it turns out Rutgers is good. Pretty good. They're undefeated. They've won their first five games by double figures, including a road win at Maryland. And say what you will about the Terrapins. They're not great this year. But it was a Big Ten road win. Obviously proven yesterday that it's not an easy thing to do. Just accept my compliment. Don't get uppity. Because I may take it back if you keep this this tone up. I guarantee in the next, I don't know, two podcasts, you'll probably take it back. So I'm going to... 
just hammer it home as much as I can right now. Rutgers is good. And, I mean, the most notable thing about Sunday's game was that second half where they just outworked and out-hustled mm-hmm. Illinois. And, you know, Illinois has kind of branded itself as a tough rebounding team. I mean, that's what it wants to be. But Rutgers game, Missouri game, the other team outworked, out-hustled the Illini, wanted it more. All right, they're at Penn State on Wednesday. Get the hated Hoosiers here on Saturday. Um, so Scott Ritchie is, a, as you know, a poll voter on the AP Top 25. And uh, each Monday he sometimes likes to antagonize the fandom. I don't set out to antagonize anyone. I was attacked for... Do you feel like, violated? No, I just... I, I mean, whatever. Like, people on Twitter are going to say things, but... Why'd they pick on you, Scotty? Well, you know, well, I took to Twitter with some ballot thoughts this morning because I woke up to a text message from you saying, hey, how about uh, having some ballot fun on Twitter? So, okay, I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I, I you know, noted that I had Illinois ranked 20th. They are 18th now that the poll's been released. So I was pretty much spot on. Then I probably poked the bear a little bit and said, I, in hindsight, Question myself if I shouldn't have had Illinois maybe a spot or two lower. Fans did not. Illinois fans did not take kindly to that. Um, the first reply I had also brought up the referees, which just set me off on a high speed wobble because don't blame the referees. Like, if you blame the referees when your team loses, that's just an excuse. There's multiple other reasons why a game plays out the way it does, and the officials. While they have some influence on the outcome, I suppose, just just stop it. It's it's tired. It's sad. But you know, back to your ballot. I I mean the fact that Illinois wound up 18th, I had them 20th. I that's I don't know validation for me. So it is what it is. Like. I, mean, I think Illinois has the talent to be a top 15, top 10 team. I mean, I voted them top 10 in the mm-hmm. preseason. They're just not playing like that for 40 minutes in some of these games. I mean, but you look at the Duke game. They were, Illinois was terrific in that game. And Duke, people are kind of dumping on them because they're 3-2. and two. Has a talented roster, in my opinion. Just beat Notre Dame. Oh, wow. Did uh, Adrian Dantley have a tough night? They're horrible, all right? Notre Dame is horrible. You take that remark back. They're not horrible. I mean, they're just average. They're they're exceedingly average. But, I mean, Illinois looked great at Duke, looked great at home against Minnesota, and then, you know, has these stretches where they just don't play up to that potential. And it it costs you when you play a schedule like they play. Because... Missouri game was eminently winnable. Rutgers game, they were up 11 past the midway point of the first half, had control of that game, then lost it. And then, I mean, the Baylor game, like, Baylor's just good. That's, you lose to Baylor, okay, I get it. Baylor's kicking just the absolute crap out of everyone. Bruce Weber, the latest coach to find out what that means. But yeah, just, it's a top 10 talent team, but playing a top, a top 20 team maybe all right maybe this makes some illinois fans feel a little better sunday night michigan state goes to evanston what a crazy game 
in some weird uniforms and that, gets handled. That was probably their. I mean, that was their first mistake. Was wearing all black. Like Michigan State takes some chances with its uniforms. Okay. Shouldn't do that. All right. Like they probably won't. They probably burnt those on the way back yeah. to East Lansing. And as you, as I know, you're big into the uniform game. And as Sam Rosso pointed out yesterday, Richie's right with the all blue uniform theory. Doesn't work. Well, for Illinois. Illinois is now two and twenty. Please make it stop. He's wearing there. the blue uniforms in the Brad Underwood era. Two yeah, and twenty. So you got to tweak it a little bit. Well, they haven't worn any of the throwbacks yet this year, which I argue are their best look. Um, the orange, you know, throwbacks from the the eighties, mm-hmm. and then the the white home throwbacks from the sixties with the script Illinois. Okay, that's the best one. Anyway, yeah. uh, Northwestern uh, handled Michigan State. Where'd you have the Spartans uh, ranked today? Well, here's the thing: I had Michigan State ranked number three heading in okay. last week, and now they're thirteen. Like, mm. that's a long drop. That was a terrible game. Okay, like Northwestern is—they're better than they were last year, which is a really, really low bar. Um, but I mean, Michigan State. Just didn't look. I mean, none of them looked like they wanted to be there. And you know, Tom Izzo yanked his starters with a fair amount of time left in that game. Where he just like, I mean, he waved. When Tom Izzo waves the white flag, you know, you know it's over. And I would not want to be a Michigan State player today, or maybe okay. f- until they play again and maybe show that they're not the team that just got housed by Northwestern. Not the best of weekends for the Big Ten. Uh, Iowa uh, got schooled by Gonzaga, as you said. Yeah, a little and closer than maybe I mean, it was a really ten-point game, but Drew Timmy and Corey Kispert both fouled out you know, of that game for Gonzaga. If they're in, I, I don't think it okay. narrows to ten points. Who's the best Big Ten team? Is what I'm getting to. Don't say it. Don't you dare say it. Well, like, I, I wasn't going to say Rutgers. Okay. Well, I mean, if you look at my ballot this week, where I was. I kind of lay it out. Iowa's still probably number one. Um, and then Wisconsin. I mean, there's, what? there's nothing exciting what? about Wisconsin basketball, but they just do what they do. They got five senior starters. And, and they, they got a loss in there. A two-point loss. To Marquette. Marquette's got a weird. They're you know, horrible. I mean, they're Please. five and four. They've got good wins. and then Please rethink your ballot. Wisconsin just wins, man, I'm telling you. And then Rutgers, Michigan State, Illinois. That's my top – that's the five right now. Hmm. And then Michigan and Ohio State are also in the top 25. I'm not voting for either one of them. Hmm. Currently. Some curious choices. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I think it's 2020. Just curious. anything goes. All right, so – Illinois, um, especially during the Duke beatdown, the uh, Jay Billis and those types were saying this is a Final Four team. This is the year. Can we still say that? Sure. Okay. I mean, I mean, it could happen. They've right. Yeah. I mean, you just look at who they have, and that's that's possible. I mean, Iota Sumu continues to play like an All American and. I mean, he had a another crazy stat line Sunday. I mean, I think twenty-two points, eleven rebounds. Um, off the top of my head, six assists, seven assists. Um, 
I mean, the only issue there was, I mean, he shot 50% from the field, but he took 20 shots to get 22 points. Didn't get to the free throw line. I think he got there once. Like, he needs to be at the line six, seven, eight times a game. So it was just, he was not maybe attacking the basket like typical. Yeah, he would. Um, but, yeah, it, if he's on, Kofi Coburn's on, they're getting – you know, complimentary scoring from Demonte Williams, Adam Miller, Andre Cabello. Um, freshman had a tough game uh, at Rutgers. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I think that's a Final Four caliber team. I mean, will they all put it together at the same time and go on a run? That's to be determined. All right, big week ahead. Uh, you lose one more game, and you probably drop out of the top twenty-five. One of these two games, certainly. Uh, any? Yeah. Is there a three-loss team in the top twenty-five other than Illinois? That's a good question. And Duke shouldn't be in the top twenty-five yet. You continue to rank them. Well, so do enough got two. people. To well, that's just on name ranked. alone. Well, and also, nope. They're don't not go, as bad don't go as Notre Dame. They no, they're pretty bad. Um, no, Illinois is the only three-loss team. Yeah, I figured as much. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you lose, I mean, if Illinois loses to unranked Penn State, which could happen, they already have a top twenty-five win. Right. And unranked Indiana. They're out. Okay. Pretty I'd worry a little about the Penn State game. But yeah, yeah, Illinois has shown the ability to bounce back, I would say, with the, the thumping of Minnesota. Yeah. Well, the, right? I mean, they they go great. from, I mean, get beat by Baylor to come back, beat yep. Duke. Get beat by Missouri, come back, beat Minnesota. Get beat by Rutgers. We'll see what happens on Wednesday in State College. It's a, uh, I mean, that's a weird situation at Penn State, obviously, you know, with, Pat Chambers resigning well, a month before the season started, and you can't see it, but I should have put resigning in quotation marks because that was a resign or get fired situation, I would imagine. Um, but, I mean, they beat a decent VCU team, lost by six in overtime to Seton Hall, beat Virginia Tech, who's ranked by 20 at Virginia Tech, and then competed with Michigan in their Big Ten opener. and. Wednesday's game will be their first game in 10 days, so they'll hmm. be rested. Okay. Um, maybe rusty. I don't know. But it's they got some good guards, and, I mean, they literally have, like, it's a no-one-believes-in-us situation. Coach resigns a month right. before the season. Illinois came back after the Rutgers game uh, to Champaign-Urbana. True or false? True. Okay. Then heading out uh, to State College, beautiful State College, still snowbound, right? I would assume that okay. hasn't changed. Do they get to Saturday? What's their Christmas plans? It is Christmas Eve on Thursday night. Santa coming around. Yeah. Well, they're what? Uh, <laughs> the little Eureka coming out in you. <laughs> that was something. I don't know what that was. They are, as I enunciate better, they're going to practice on Christmas Day because they play the day after Christmas at home against Indiana. Can we edit that out, Ed? <laughs> nope. Note. <laughs> nope. That works perfect. Kind of sums it up. Yeah. Christmas in the Big Ten, obviously different this year. I can't believe more people aren't throwing a fit. I would. It's Christmas. Well, I mean. Not the NBA. They're not going home. The players know. aren't. All right. Across the, so I shouldn't throw a fit is what you're saying? Well, I, the way I understand it, like teams had to agree to play on Christmas Day, and obviously mm. – yeah. They did because they will. But yeah, so it's uh it's a different 
end to the calendar year than than typical. I mean, a lot of times, you know, bragging rights is would have been this past weekend, and then that's the break, and you know, Illinois won't, wouldn't play again till what three or four days after Christmas. But uh, just play through the holiday in twenty twenty. All right, uh, again, Penn State on Wednesday, Indiana on Sunday. Uh, any tweaks they can make um, before, between, then? Any lineup changes? I know Adam Miller uh, didn't have the greatest of games, and Rutgers seemed to pick on him defensively. Uh, any chance maybe they... I, I don't know how you change it, though. All right, but... I mean, Andre Carbell is the, the right. other option. I mean, maybe. You, you get know, pretty the small then. Yeah, and when Adam Miller's on, he's the shooter you need. Um, yeah, but there's there's not options. There's is there somebody not playing a lot that maybe, hey, let's let's go that route? Hey, Zach. Zach Fisher. Zach Griffith from Fisher. Uh, he's in a boot, so he's not playing currently at all. No, the, there, there's not an option. I mean... You know, Jacob Grandison's not playing much. Uh, that seems to be by design. You know, Coleman Hawkins is ahead of him in the rotation. but So there's like, nobody. They're, they're playing all the guards they have. And, I mean, Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk is the only, like, potential add to the rotation. And um, he's dressed the last, what, four games, but you know, he still has not been cleared to return to competition. All right, how about this one? And this uh, strikes near and dear to your heart. How about bringing Georgie in the back to the starting lineup? Back to that initial dilemma that you addressed in the uh, fall how, of how 19. long ago was that? Uh, still don't know that it works very well. Um, I mean, you saw some situations Sunday where they were both on the court, and Georgie had to guard Ron Harper Jr. and it wasn't always great. Um, and just the way basketball is more, you'll see more of that, you know, more athletic guys playing the four. Yeah, it's, I mean, before the season start. I mean, we're talking maybe just back to the summers, you know, thoughts about maybe how deep this Illinois team could be. And you know, Brad Underwood was playing a seven-man rotation. And you know, part of that is Benjamin Bosman's Redonk's injury. Another part of this, Austin Hutcherson's back injury, like he's just not even with the team right now as he's getting that figured out. That changed things. I mean, that's another guard with some size, six six long arms that could make a difference. And like doubtful he plays this year. I mean, you can't maybe expect that just the way you know the first month plus is gone. So it's seven guys, and then Coleman Hawkins as. Eight getting some time, and Jacob Grandison has nine barely playing at all. And that's maybe not what anyone expected before we found out that Hutcherson and Bosman's Verdonk just weren't going to be a factor early. So play with what you got, I guess. All right, maybe uh, maybe the 2 0 week will uh, we'll settle everybody down. Maybe not. Hey, uh, big news over the weekend, of course, was the football hire. How about that? Saturday morning, I heard Brett Bielema, Josh Whitman on, uh, talking with Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly. Great to hear that. Good timing. 
your initial reaction, you're kind of still a football guy a little bit. Sure. Um, I mean, I guess as the week progressed, it was sort of like, a, you know, it's going to be Lance Leipold from Buffalo or mm-hmm. Brett Bielma. Yeah, his name popped as well. Um, after the MAC championship game, which I think maybe everyone that's an Illinois fan tuned into, <laughs> uh, terrific ratings for that, I'm sure. Uh, not a great game for Buffalo. And then, you know, the next morning, turns out it didn't matter because Brett Bielma was the guy. Uh, he's won. In the Big Ten, obviously has three Big Ten championships. Knows the Big Ten, having played at Iowa, born in Illinois, for whatever that's worth. I don't. That doesn't maybe mean as much to me as it does to a huge portion of the fan base. Um, Arkansas didn't go particularly well, but I think in just terms of that's SEC thought line because if Brett Bielma has the seasons he did at Arkansas at Illinois. They might build him a statue. I mean, he made you know multiple bowl games. One, he had t- multiple winning seasons. So yeah, I think. I mean, the thing for him is he has to win, and that's the thing for Josh Woodman as well. Because you know, you get to hire two football coaches as an athletic director. It's not often you get to hire a third one. So he's tied to Brett Bielma, and I, mean, I think it could work. We just don't know, and. What's going to help him and as he takes over the program is the fact that you know this past season didn't count towards anyone's eligibility. Seniors can come back for another year if they want, um, so he could retain some some pieces there. And come spring, everyone should be able to transfer without penalty. And I think he he has to hit the portal and try to win as much as he can now. Because Lovey Smith blew it up. Played 23 freshmen in 2017, yeah, his second season, and lost. And that set, I think, set the program back. And then you know, he went to the portal late and as a stop, like, as trying to you know, stop that downward trend. And, and it it worked, but... You do that early, maybe do it. Jeff Brom did at Purdue. I mean, he hit transfers hard, won early, got an extension. Now maybe they're not playing as great, but mm-hmm. I think that's that's the route to go. All right, I think a lot of the uh, excitement comes from his uh, approach, and that's to you know try to become a uh, at least recognizable in the state. <laughs> you know, when your top twenty-five players are, in, and not one of them is coming to Illinois, that's probably a problem. Was an issue, and Illinois under Lovey Smith just punted on recruiting the state of Illinois, and I mean, which is funny because like the, his first full class in twenty seventeen, bunch of Illinois kids that turned out to be important pieces, you know, in that rebuild attempt. I can't say it was ever totally rebuilt. Um, then they just didn't care, didn't didn't fly the flag in Illinois, and you know, Illinois will be recruited by a lot of teams. Big Ten teams, Notre Dame, yeah. There's competition there, but like Lovey Smith and his staff didn't even try that hard. It seemed like so. And Brett Bielma reaching out to the the head of the Illinois High School Football Coaches Association the morning he was hired, I think mm-hmm. sets maybe a different tone. Of course, now 
got to keep doing that. Prophetstown, was that a, a, a rival of Eureka? No. Okay. It's very not close to Eureka at all. I don't sort of in the, the hinterlands of northwestern Illinois. Well, I say hinterlands, and I think of Eureka. Yeah, but that's the hinterlands of central Illinois. Okay. <laughs> Just clearing up my geography here yeah. today. Colin Lyke is going to make a, a jaunt to Prophetstown on Tuesday to check out the Main Street, right? I've never been Casey's. Prophets, never been to Certainly Casey's. Certainly Casey's. Yeah. You know Paxton has two Casey's, like real close to each other? seems strange that they're close to each other but right. all right well, cases is the it's the, the hallmark of small town Illinois. so underwood and you wrote about this underwood and uh Bielema, uh their synergy is important That's yeah it. and i mean it, you know, right on what talked about you know lovey smith where they had a pretty good relationship i mean lovey went to basketball games and you know, he was had an interest in that and took recruits there you know occasionally and but when the heads of your top two programs can you know work together, and I think that's important. And it seems like Brad Underwood, Brad Bielma, would get along, just based on their personalities. I'd like to have a beer with both of them at the same time, and just let them talk. That'd be good. Maybe they'll do that for a story of yours: beers with Richie. Yeah. Bush Light with Richie. Fine by me. Of course, maybe not for a few months still. Yeah. Social distancing and beer is still a thing. Do you have a garage? Try it sometime. I don't have oh, a garage. Oh. So no, sorry. <laughs> All right, back to basketball. What? Uh, some data, certainly. You're going to – I know you're chomping at the bit to I mean, go all – I'm really less so. Really? Mostly because I'm like talking to a brick wall. When wow. It comes to, you don't care about it. I do, Scott. That's it means a, so much to me. That's such a lie. Um, How about this? Illinois has got a top 10 offense. That's going well. And it's really centered around one thing. is they're, This is simple data. They're shooting 45% from the three-point line. Which, if you think about it, they shot 30.7% as a team last season. It was the second worst three-point shooting season in program history since the three-pointer you know, came to came to college basketball in the what, mid-80s. 45%. And uh, a lot of that is DeMonte Williams. He was 14 of 20, mm. 70% from the three-point line. That's he made crazy. all four of his three-pointers against Rutgers. So that's become a thing for Illinois, a good thing. Um, now defensively, top 35, it's not bad, but there's there's some issues. Okay. Fouling, mainly kind of being the big one. Do they have those kind of rankings, most fouls in the nation? Well, there is kind of a, a foul rate. It compares how often you send the opposing teams to the free throw line as opposed to letting them shoot. Um, last year, Illinois was 20th nationally and not fouling and not sending teams to the free throw line. This year, they currently rank 218th. So, I don't know. Might be an issue. 
Yeah, there, there's a stat for everything, Jim. We could just do a podcast where I just yell advanced statistics at you for right. 30 minutes. There's that many. I can't wait for that day. Really, I can't. You know what else I can't wait? Your weekly power poll of Illinois' top three players. It has to change a little bit, doesn't it? I know you've, you've stuck with Io and uh, Carbella and, and Kofi. Well, Does DeMonte sneak in there? I mean, you ruined the surprise, but number one, <laughs> Io DeSumo. I saw the script. Number two, Kofi Coburn. Ed Bond leaked it to me. Yeah, well, nothing sacred. So number one, Io. Number two, Kofi. Okay, all right. Straightforward. Number three, DeMonte Williams. All right. Because plays good D. And he's shooting 70% from the three-point line. It's wild. So you stick around? I mean, I guess he could. I mean, Toka turned Frazier, but I don't I would. You're living the dream. I know you want to get paid, right? But you're you're not losing any money right now. No. If you're those two. I mean, if you come back though, you like you have to like go to class too. And, like, Do you? Yeah. Pull up Brandon Peters, just kind of hang out in your home and just take a couple. I mean, I'm these online classes. Well, everything's online these days, right? But yeah. No. Like, so I don't know. You have to weigh. Like, do you want to be get your the, fourth degree? <laughs> Like, Tyler Underwood has, well, he's going for number three. And, like, he could come back for a seventh year next year. Um, that would be awesome. His second Masters, maybe he'll take, I mean, maybe he will need to come back for a seventh year to finish. I don't, I'm not sure how far along he is in that. But, yeah, Tyler Underwood could be in college basketball for seven years because he got the sixth year this year because he missed two, two full seasons. Um. One with a with the ACL injury suffered mm-hmm. in high school, and then it's a freebie year. So, all right, number seven, and maybe he does. I don't know. All right, Scott Ritchie again, as he says, six a.m. Alina HQ every morning. Every Follow morning. him on Twitter and bash him because yeah. you, you join the party. It. You can take it. That's what your role is. Yeah. Also, I don't care what people say. Well, you. About me, it hurts a little when I say bad things. I see your you cringe. I, f- I feel like I've probably built up a wall for those at least. No, yeah, rip me on Twitter. All right, I like it. Else? And if you say really stupid stuff, I'll quote tweet you and spread your shame to the rest of the world. I want to wish uh, you a merry Christmas, Scott Ritchie, for all the fantastic work you do. In all seriousness, on this beat. It's a fun beat. It's our most interesting beat here at the newspaper. The fandom is crazy, and that's a good thing. Not uh, I wish every other sport over at Illinois would have that same following, but uh, basketball seems to rule the roost. I mean, Illinois is a basketball school. Eureka phrase there. I think lots of people use that one. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's basketball slash golf school. Mm. Tennis. Tennis is pretty good. Volleyball is pretty good. There's a lot. There's lots of good Volleyball. Illinois sports. Yeah, wish they all played. Yeah, right now just basketball. Can we That's, get? Can we get to that, please? Uh, it's coming. Uh, okay. January is when I know that uh, some of the delayed sports can start. Okay. Practice and start competing at the end of the month. All right. Thanks, Scotty. Uh, happy holidays. We will see you after the Penn State and after the Indiana games, and uh, moving forward.